Shabbat Shalom. I'm Rabbi Diane, and I grew up in Brooklyn. I love saying that here. So today, we have the privilege of starting a new book, the book of Exodus, Shemot. Um, this morning in the open book, we talked a little bit about the book of Exodus and what it's about. We're going to cover some of the same ground and then dive deep into the verses that we're going to read today in the triennial cycle, which include one of the most mysterious stories in all of Torah. So let's think for a moment about the book of Exodus compared to the book of Genesis so we have some context. So the book of Genesis, creation of the world, creation of the Israelite family, and also, it's really a book of barrenness, right? So many tales of barrenness and birth in the face of that, in the face of that pain. And we shift into Exodus and suddenly birth out of control, right? No birth control here. Birth out of control. The Israelites are multiplying and waxing and increasing and Pharaoh. And how does Pharaoh feel about that? Pharaoh is threatened. Pharaoh, the most powerful man in all of Egypt, is threatened by the Israelites' birth rate. Um, so Pharaoh, what's Pharaoh scared of? Do you remember specifically? What's Pharaoh scared of? What's Pharaoh, what does Pharaoh imagine will happen? What's Pharaoh's fear? What? So the Israelites will leave Egypt and join with Egypt's enemies and fight against Pharaoh. So Pharaoh is afraid of being defeated. Pharaoh, the most powerful man in all of Egypt, is afraid of powerlessness. So he enslaves the Israelites and then begins to um, start this kind of death campaign against their children and specifically the Israelite boys, right? The Israelite boy babies. Okay, so that's the backdrop. Then we have the birth of Moses and a wonderful story about how uh, Moses' mother hides him for three months. She sees that he is good, an echo from Genesis, when God creates the world via Arkitov and sees that creation is good. And that, that she sees that he is good, sometimes mistranslated as handsome, which would be crazy, right? She hides him because he's handsome? No. She hides him because he is good in the face of the dominant message of the Egyptian society that Israelite babies are bad. He is good. And this heralds a second creation, the creation, the birth of the Israelite people. Right? Genesis, creation of the Israelite family. Exodus, creation of the Israelite people. So against this backdrop, Moses emerges as a leader. What kind of leader is he? We talked again a little bit about this. Let's just get some sense of Moses on the table so we're all on the same page, and then we're going to go into our story. Who's Moses? Reluctant, right? The um, archetypal reluctant prophet. He doesn't want to do what God asked him to do. God asked him to go and face Pharaoh and free God's people, right? God's people, right? God's people don't belong in slavery. They belong um, in service of God. That's the idea of freedom in Exodus, in service of God. So that's Moses' mission, and he doesn't want to do it. He gives four or five objections. 
I'm of uh, uncircumcised lips. I can't talk. I don't have words. Send somebody else. Don't send me. And finally, God, fed up with Moses, says, okay, I'm going to send your brother with you. He'll do the talking, right? It's going to be okay. He'll do the talking. He'll compensate for your weaknesses. Okay, so now Moses is in Midian. He marries a Midianite woman, Sipporah, the daughter of Jethro, the Midianite priest. Okay, so let's look into the text and see what happens. Open up your Torah, please, on page 335. Actually, let's go back for a moment to verse 20. I'm sorry, 19. Uh, can I have a reader uh, in the English? And then I'll just point out some words in Hebrew when they're important. Can I have a really loud, dramatic reader? Verse 19 on page 335. Thank you, Robin. So they sought to kill him because he murdered an Egyptian. Um, because the Egyptian was beating the Israelites. So that was Moses' first sort of act of justice for the sake of justice. Yeah, go on. Uh, uh, stop for a second. Oh, I'm sorry, you're finishing the verse. And Moses took the rod of God with him. So they mount on a chamor, on a donkey, does this evoke any echoes from Genesis? What's the don? What? The Akedah, right? The binding Isaac. Something I actually forgot to mention this morning in the open book for those of you who are there. So perhaps a literary echo of the story of um, God asking Abraham to sacrifice his son, his beloved son. Okay, let's go on. Go on. So Israel is God's firstborn son. Okay, so let's hear that as a literary frame for the story we're about to read. Um, and what happens if you don't, if, if uh, the Egyptians or Pharaoh doesn't let the sun go, God's sun go? We just read it? Right, so God will slay um, the Egyptian firstborn son, which is indeed what happens. Okay, now we're going to go into a very mysterious story. And what I don't promise you is that we're going to understand it. This is one of the most, again, one of the most mysterious episodes in all of Torah. And scholars and traditional commentators alike say, we don't know, right? But we're gonna, we're gonna go at it instead of cognitively, we're gonna use a little drama to go at it and go at it poetically 
dramatically and see what unfolds. Okay, but let's go in with all the information that we have until this moment. Okay, Robin, continue, please. So this is the story now of Moses, Sipora, and, and their two sons returning to Egypt, which is a journey fraught, as we'll see, fraught with danger. But even if it wasn't fraught with danger, we know going back to Egypt has got to be dangerous, right? To, to save um, the Hebrews from the murderous Pharaoh has got to be dangerous. Okay, get. So sought to kill him. Someone pointed out this morning that it's very interesting that God sought to kill him and just didn't kill him on the spot. And what does sought to kill him look like, right? We don't know. Okay, go on. So the, the Hebrew is kichatan damim atali, right? Very mysterious phrase. And an ancient cognate in Near Eastern languages, chatan means the person or the, the father who circumcises. So that's, that's interesting. Go on. Okay, so same phrase with an added word, right? You are a bridegroom of blood. Why? Because of circumcision. Again, mysterious. Now let's enter that mystery. And what I'm going to ask you to do is choose a character. God, Sipora, or Moses. What's going on? Speak from that character. What's going on for you in, in, the, in this dramatic encounter? What's happening? So you can take a moment to sort of imagine yourself in to the story, to the circumstance, and if you dare to stand up and speak as one of these characters, or if you feel comfortable doing so. Let's just take a minute, and then I'm going to get Ariel. You know, would you mind standing up, Ariel, and speaking really loud? You're a doctor. I thought you were not now, that. So I have troubles with the pronouns. I don't know who's, who they're talking about. So Ariel is pointing out something really important. The pronouns are mysterious. We don't know who's who. Right? Not only is it a mysterious episode, but who's he? Who's he? Yeah, but I want you to speak from the character. So, but, so here you are, Sipara, and what is going on? Like you said, she knows somebody's going to die, but who does she know? Like, I'm Sipara. Am I hearing my husband, like, snoring and choking? Am I mm. seeing my baby die? Mm. Did it occur to me, oh my God, we forgot to circumcise him? Mm. We better circumcise the baby? Or... It's my husband dying because he's being punched. And that is, to me, the mystery of the story. So someone's being endangered, and she sees that. But she recognizes that they made a mistake. 
Wait, so it's not just like a medical problem. She has to save someone's life. Someone's endangered because they forgot to do something, and she's going to fix it. And it's a punishment. Like, God is punishing mm, Okay, great. Robin. Could you stand up, Robin, please? Thank you. <laughs> and she's like, oh my, oh my God, like this terrible thing is happening all around me, action has to be taken. And for whatever reason, we didn't, we didn't circumcise before, we're doing it now, we're going back to the Israelites, we are going to be one, and this is us becoming one, showing that we're committed. And Moses isn't going to do it because he's reluctant, he's not going to ask. Like all the women in the Torah, she has to like. So he's a reluctant prophet, but she's not. She's the actor. She's the actor. Wow. Love it. Yeah. Rabbi Bardock. A rabbi would choose God, right? Because the baby's not circumcised? Because why? Are these people committed? Are they all in? Is Moses all in? Moses not all in. He made that very clear. He doesn't want to do it. Great. So, so God's upset about that. Okay, God wants a sign. Yeah. Is Moses worthy for this task? Yeah, uh, Elizabeth and then Clela. So this is the binding of Isaac all over again. Okay, Esther, do you want to add to that? Because you, I know you had a comment. No, okay. So can I repeat a comment you made this morning? Then? So. Um, Esther and I in conversation we were talking about this being a retelling of the Akedah and in that case it's a kind of tikkun, a kind of fixing because Sarah was nowhere to be seen in the binding of Isaac and here it's Sipara right, saving life right, Sipara is an actor it's amazing okay, uh, Kleela and then Esther okay, really loud so everybody can hear She's a rabbinical student, right? <laughs> uh, I, 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 see, I asked Moshe to do this, and he's so reluctant. I've got to show him I need business. I said I'll kill the firstborn son of Pharaoh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show Moshe I, I can do this. And, and they have to stand up and, and, and have the right response right now. So this is not a reality test. It's a reality show. God is showing that this is really real, Moses. Like, you're not, right, this is not a game. You're going into the, like, the real stuff. Okay, great. Thank you. Esther. I'm going to be Moshe and excuse my language. Are you effing kidding me? I am already putting my whole life on the line to go to Egypt, and now you want me to do something else? No. I'm going to sleep through this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm going to be a couch potato. God, leave me alone. Right? They're staying at a hotel. He's kicking his feet up, watching the television's on. 
Okay. Um, uh, okay, we have... Ooh. Um, Basi, how are we doing on time? Oh, I'm going to read the Bible in the hotel. Yes. <laughs> the ancient hotel had Bibles in them. I love that. Ancient Near Eastern Hotel. Okay, so I saw a few people, and then whoever just had their hands up, that's it. We're gonna, but let's make it short, and then we're going to wrap it up and go into the covenant. Yeah. Okay, stand up loud. Stand up loud. <laughs> um, I'm Moshe. I'm uh, along with Esther here. Um, oh my God, I really have to do this. I don't want to do this, but all of these actions are going around and going on around me, and I. So he wants to be in a state of avoidance. And this is God dragging him out of that state painfully. Okay. Karen. Um, so I'm And I'm going to be left out largely of the story, but as a behind-the-scenes woman who basically takes care of her own, I know that in order for them to do what God's asking them to do, they need to be completely committed and have this mm. covenant. And so... In order for Moshe to really be connected and go in it with full um, courage, I, you know, she needs to take care of things. And I think mm. it is a tikkun. I love that idea that by circumcising and saying, you know, we have this covenant as a family. We are behind you. You're going to leave us. You're going to do what you have to do to save the Jewish people. But mm. we're there with you. And so this covenant is for the whole family. Beautiful. So she's asking her husband to step up. And someone said this morning, I don't know if they're here now, also um, she's showing, in a sense, Moses, that I'm, I'm really a partner. You know, even though she's going to be left out, here she's more than a full partner. Okay. Okay, we're going to go this way, and I'm going to ask people to be brief. Yeah. Stuart, right? Yeah. And I would say to my husband, you are truly the bridegroom so yes, it's all, I'm, I'm here fully committed to you, and I recognize that the blood, the life force that you need to carry out this mission, with all of the sense of what the blood represents on many levels, both the life energy, mm. the transmission, the life, uh, that I'm here with you, I'm, need me, and you need my uh, wisdom and my love, and I'm here for you. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. Uh, on, on the deepest levels, and this is how we are as a relationship. Katan Dami. There's a relationship, an intimacy yeah. that's required. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. So, She's a partner to him on all levels, even on the bloodiest level, right? The most intimate level. And, and as you see it, something that's bloody like this requires taking a stand, and it's, it's a big risk. Yeah. Anytime you come out from your hiding to your exposed yeah. what a risk. Yeah. Okay. okay, other people who had their hand up? Okay, and, okay, Livia, 
and then we're gonna have one more and we're wrapping. Yes. Or as Rabbi David said, we're gonna come in for landing. <laughs> They would make an oath and put their hand under the other person's thigh. So that was a practice, a ritual in Israel. Yeah. Like the blood on the lintel. Wow. Love that. Like the blood on the lintel on the doorpost. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Thank you. I am a, I am Tipora and I am a Midianite. You're saying that Sipora entered not only the baby into the covenant, but Moses himself into the covenant. Yeah, very powerful. Thank you. So let's think for a moment about how we might take something away from this story for us. What does it mean to come out of reluctance? What does it mean to come out of ambivalence? Sometimes, well, just as a personal note, it took me a long time to make a commitment to get married. Like, it was just like, you know, talk about ambivalence. What really, what helped me is that my husband was also ambivalent, right? It gave me, like, space to make a commitment. And let's ask ourselves at this moment, what does it take for each of us to come out of hiding? Do you need someone else to pull back? Do you need someone like Sipara to step forward and show you the way? What does it take for you to be, really be full in? Right? Full in the covenant, full in the journey, full in whatever you need to face in your life. So for all those who need to come out of hiding in order to face something, this Aliyah will be for you.